0: you know this, they're just now getting their freaking passports, brother. They're just now realizing, you ain't got your passport, you're in America, you're still a slave. But you just now are seeing them experience and understand what it feels like, what Africans, like yourself and your audience, what they're talking about. That's why Africans can go to America and do better than many American Blacks. And Africans, I, I've never heard this from me, but I've never experienced it. I have my, my attorney in America, an African guy. I have many Africans that I, I know in business in America, but you hear them say that Africans criticize them a lot, that they're lazy, Da 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 da. I've helped over 5,000 entrepreneurs around the world. Um, we currently have clients in London, America, the Philippines, obviously. But what happened was, um, what had happened was I was just so sick of the cost of living and the crime and the racism. All and- right, over here,
1: everyone author of the Storytelling Series for Small Businesses and Content Creators. In Overhead Podcast, we talk about the power of your story, your narrative, and why you should own your voice. Whether you are a small business owner, a content entrepreneur, or you simply want to build your influence, Storytelling is probably going to be your best instrument to connect with your audience. So join the awakened few who are owning their voices. And let's get started with today's episode.
0: Thank you very much brother for having me here i i'm very flattered i'm very flattered i, I love the african diaspora i love my people i love giving any way that i can um cream jackson you guys here in my live on the set studios um in manila philippines ashley from kansas city missouri usa um, via california long beach um went to american international school at eight years old in lagos nigeria you guys so that's kind of my connection Uh, American family, but we had a business in in Nigeria at the time. Um, This is 1986, y'all, 1980. So this is a long-ass time ago. I'm 51 years old. But mainly, I have a media and business development company that helps entrepreneurs to develop and grow and leverage and scale their companies. But we're getting more and more focused on our media aspect. We have Black LinkedIn, Cream Jackson Live on the set, The Monkey in the Room. We've got multiple different shows that we do and products um you guys can learn more about me at kareemantonio.com we also produce kareem uh, i'm sorry the philippinesmagazine.com um so check those out but our slogan success is for everyone and that's pretty much been our slogan for 25 years um celebrating our anniversary this year for our company so i've been doing this a long time brother thanks to africa by the way you know 1980-86 going to school in africa changed my life I was ahead of the game when it came to knowing about my roots. And another aspect, before I stop, My Godfather um, is the one, if you guys have ever heard of Roots, the the saga, the the the, the movie or the book, um, that was done. Actually, they went to Nigeria and, and did that. They stayed at our house. That's my godfather. So the Haley's and the Jacksons were all connected, and all of us have been black and enlightened because of our early young experiences in africa as kids
1: wow that is a interesting that is a lot to unpack there so you are actually born in kansas or you were born in lagos So, tell me what is the connection between the two
0: i was born in kansas in missouri uh, my family is an american full american was well, you know american former slave family of course but american family um, we just actually had a business in lagos my father was the first to bring um manufacturing um, to Lagos back, this is the 80s, early, maybe late 70s, early 80s when he went. I wasn't with him when he first went, he went by himself. Um, and uh, a good piece of history my godfather at the time, who hosted us in um, Nigeria, was General the Dekulap, you know, the Black Scorpion. Not a bad, not a good reputation necessarily, Matters who you talk to, but that's who invited us and hosted us there. And then we, he had. He had a furniture manufacturing company and ran, um, it was called Acme Furniture back in the day. But he also ran companies for the Dekala family as well. And then he broke out on his own. And I went to high school, I mean, elementary school in Lagos, Nigeria. And like I said, changed my life.
1: Hmm. That's a trust. That's a trust. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Now, help me understand this. Uh, What do you remember about your infancy growing up? We are sort of interested in that. We want to know a bit about you.
0: Well, you know, I've been in entre- my dream when I, I I told my dad and it never happened, but I didn't care. Um, but I, I told my dad that I would go to Africa with him and I, you know, leave, leave America and go with him and, and stay there with him in Africa. My parents are divorced. So my stepmother was in Africa with him. Um, if he promised to give me a toy store and a suit, <laughs> I don't know what that was. I was eight, but but I've always liked entrepreneurship. Um, I've always looked like looking like a professional it up, things like that, um, and I wanted kids to have toys, so I, I was kind of in that vine back then, but I've been in business. I launched my first business, business, like a physical business, um, when I was in high school. Um, my first business with a partner was probably grade six. Um, we just cut grass and did landscaping with my neighbors and, you know, walked the neighbor with a lawnmower, but we had our own money, and we bought records at that time um, and vans, tennis shoes. Uh, but I've been in business for myself since I was literally in high school. My first business was a uh, car wash, actually, and in California that time.
1: All right. Now, let, let's take it one piece at a time. But currently, you are in Manila, uh, in the Philippines. Uh, how did you get into that trajectory? Because you are not in Kansas, you are not in Lagos, uh, you are in, in the Philippines. Tell me about how you get there.
0: Well, brother, you know the funny thing is this: um, you see a lot now about Black Americans, the Exodus going back to Ghana, um, the Passport Bros, the Great Resignation, the 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 lifestyle issues. You know, see, you hear about all this stuff, right? But what happens is, I was kind of ahead of the curve. Um, I've been in business, like I said, for since I was very young. My company that I have now, we're in business, we're celebrating twenty-five years. Um, And I was just tired of the lifestyle. I was just, I thought it was just me. So I thought that maybe because I grew up overseas, I mean, I've been to to Nigeria. I've also been to Italy, France, Canada, Mexico. I've lived in Mexico. So I've been all over throughout my life. Um, I was in the U.S. Air Force for a very short amount of time, but I've always kind of enjoyed my freedom. And that's where entrepreneurship came in. But I think that now with the Philippines, I was just frustrated. And I looked at Africa. I looked at um, to go you know when I when I came here about ten years ago, fifteen years ago, but i I looked at um, Puerto Rico, I looked at Germany, I looked at China, I looked at um, Mexico, obviously, which is right right near California. Um, but I was mainly just looking for a lifestyle change. I didn't know what it was this is before online internet before outsourcing. I had no one to really talk to. But the thing was I had a company in Kansas City that I still have that, we just couldn't keep up. It was just the, I, I, after the recession. It was just like crap. It was just ugh. And I'm in the same business: a media, magazines, business development, helping entrepreneurs. Um, I've helped over five thousand entrepreneurs in my career. Whether it's been developing their first logos, whether it's been outsourcing their companies or to, to Asia, whether it's been photo shoots or websites or tech i apps things like that. I've helped over five thousand entrepreneurs around the world. Um, we currently have clients in London, America, the Philippines, obviously. But what happened was, um, what had happened was, I was just so sick of the cost of living and the crime and the racism. And, and I really thought that it was just me. So, but what sealed the deal for me was outsourcing. I, we used to pay $100,000 for printing for our magazines in the States. This is every issue. And I could do it for 25,000 in the Philippines. I'd never been here before, but that's kind of what got me. And we then got commissioned to do a magazine for the Philippines, the Philippines Magazine International, which is the philippinesmagazine.com. And I'd never been to the Philippines. So I was just producing it, publishing it in the States. And at that time, I was just marketing to Filipinos in the States saying, come back home. It's, you know, new marketing. But then when I came, And i was figuring out where i wanted to go i was doing through that process but when i came here to meet the department of tourism head that we were working with and see the the office that we had established in the philippines i was blown away i loved it Um, the quality of life the cost of living all the things you guys hear about right now that are just now becoming popular outsourcing leaving quality of life traditional relationships you know no racism black freedom black excellence you know, black privilege, you know, all of those things, I found out 15 years ago. Um, And I was the only black in the Philippines in media. Um, And I was the only black business development guy. And I just liked it, brother. And my next stop, I want to go and try out some things. I want to try Ghana out. I want to see what I can get going in Ghana. That's my next kind of exciting thing.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. That's really interesting. All right. So let's talk a bit about... um, navigating identity in all of the book we, we can see you now like a kind of a free spirit guy you are really free you i can see that you write freedom there and it sort of um, uh uh it's, it's sort of exemplify what, what what i'm hearing you know is uh, it's in line with what you are saying a kind of a free spirit person so how do you navigate identity in all of this, uh, in all of this that you are doing and where you are finding yourself and the experiences that you are making in the world? Well,
0: you know what? Um, you said that most of your audiences is, is, are African diaspora, not yeah. black American. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Real African. <that's>... <laughs> <laughs> um, freedom for me means I'm not a slave anymore. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the freedom of, of lifestyle, <laughs> the free spirit you're talking about. <laughs> that's the next... That's Freedom 102, 202, right? This just means reminding Black Americans that we are not slaves anymore. And I've been doing this for 20 years. This this is my show. The company's 25 years old. Um, We've been saying success for everyone for 25 years. Because back then, Blacks didn't have a really success and Black was kind of new, right? You didn't really hear it. This is 25 years ago. So now we're really pushing home the freedom because... Blacks, you, well, you know this from, you know, they're just now getting their freaking passports, brother. They're just now realizing you ain't got your passport. And you're in America. You're still a slave. You just have a bigger plantation. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not, you know. And then now they're just realizing, and you see the stories of them landing in Ghana, whether they're a celebrity or a regular old black American, you know, teacher. Crying, just the emotions that come through. I experienced that, and I didn't go to the Ghana and the slave ships. And I did but I experienced the emotion of landing on motherland when I was eight. When I came back to the states, um, you know, to go to high school in America, um, they they didn't even know how to say Nigeria. There was Nigeria. <laughs> they didn't know how to say it wasn't. There was no kente cloth that, they hadn't even gotten cool like that yet. So the freedom is just really. I know that some people think of the free spirit, like you're saying, but the truth of it is, I'm talking to Black Americans, saying, "Freedom, people! You guys need to get free. You guys need to go. It doesn't even you don't, need to get, don't even you don't even need to go home to Africa. <laughs> Just get your passport and go anywhere, right? Because once you start to see outside of America, you will go back home. <laughs> Eventually, you'll make your way, but a lot of them got to go to Mexico first, which you can walk from California to Mexico, so they got to do that first. Then they test the water. Then they go to Puerto Rico, maybe Jamaica, you feel me? But now black Americans are understanding what freedom really means. And so um, I think a lot of them, they don't think about it, but they're still just slaves on the American plantation. If something happened today, they could not leave America, the plantation. Um, They may be rich, they may be high-paid slaves, but you just now are seeing them experience and understand what it feels like what africans like yourself and your audience what they're talking about that's why africans can go to america and do better than many american blacks and africans I, i've never heard this from me but i've never experienced it And i have my my attorney in america's african guy i have many africans that i i know in business in america but you hear the, them say that africans criticize them a lot that they're lazy da, 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 da. And it's not like that. It's not that. They're just beat down. They're depressed. They have mental issues. Um, they are they are they're slaves, you know, and they don't know what it's like to be able to get on a plane and go somewhere else, of the country and come back. And just like when I was an American kid, went to Nigeria, went to elementary school and there was there was maybe two Africans in the whole damn school and my black ass. So it was American national school, but it wasn't too many of us in the damn school. Right and when i came back i could relate to how an african must feel and when i look at my people they're my people so i can't criticize them like maybe some africans do right i look at my cousins not all of them some of them are very successful but some of my cousins in my family some of my definitely folks in my old family neighborhood in kansas city and they don't know they're free and i and i empathize with them And so that's what the whole freedom thing is just reminding them you guys the issues the health issues the mental issues the diabetes the high blood pressure the, the the lack of food the lack of traditional relationships good women good men the the the, the, the school to, to jail pipeline that happens in america all of that stuff is real and if you haven't got out to experience it you know then you really don't know so freedom to us is just reminding our people that we're free. We're not slaves anymore because most black Americans make $40,000 a year or less. Despite what you see on TV, some make 10,000, $20,000 a year. So I really push freedom. Um, I've been doing it for a long time.
1: When you first visit, Nigeria, okay. That time you were still pretty much, young, no, because you went to elementary school there. And then you maybe probably went back later because now of course you have a lot of delay with some Nigerians and with some Africa. We sort of give you a different perspective of the whole um, of the whole dichotomy of the uh, diaspora, African African diaspora. Uh, because I often say here in this podcast that even when I talk to professors in the in the diaspora, talk to academia and scholars. I often say, uh, what is the collaboration that exists between U.S. university, for example, and some universities in Nigeria, in in, in Ghana, in South Africa, in Congo, in in, in Ivory Coast? In try to decode our situation, because I believe that many of us should know, if we do, we don't. That somebody has been played the middleman between us, that between the African diaspora and the Africans, somebody have been played the middleman, which is the European. We are sort of we need to get tired of that. We need to make the direct connection. The Africans in Africa need to be interested, intentionally interested in knowing who are these my brothers that are known in the continent. Yeah and the diaspora yeah, too you, need yeah. to make the direct yeah. connect. you don't need any middleman you can literally I mean literally move from wherever you are in Canada or in UK or in the US and go buy a piece of land in Ghana in Ivory coast in Congo in Uganda in Nigeria you will own it, it is your own you can do whatever you like with it. In fact, I understand that even the Ghanaian government at the point was giving out free land, but I'm not talking of the free land and all the repatriation and the rest of it. I'm saying from the point of view, for your sanity, for your sanity. I'm not saying live wherever you are, but I'm just saying make the trip, make the attention that you say, okay, because it doesn't even cost anything for... Most of you that are in the diaspora to say, "I want to buy a piece of land," uh, you don't even buy the piece of land. It's just the convention that you establish this connection. if many Europeans are doing it, they just two or three people will gather. They, they will go and buy a village in Africa, and they will pre- prepare it <laughs> as their like, own. Oh, why would you? Why can't you do it? So I'm trying to look at what does it take to really make this initiative.
0: Help me with that. Um. Wow. um Let me let me go a little closer here. Hold up, you guys. Let me. We got a serious damn question. I've been. I've lived in Africa and America and Asia and the UK, Canada, Mexico. I've lived all over the place. Lived. Okay, not visiting. The criticism that I'm going to say to the people that are out there, the Africans that are that are out there, um, it's not even really a criticism. The advice I would give. Let me, let, me, let me give me a criticism first. Let me let's be family. Let's be let's be real, okay? The criticism is one: Africans need to realize something. If you, if your daughter right now, you have kids, brother? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, have a son, almost five, almost six okay. years now. If, yeah. if, almost six, almost six years. <laughs> so you count the years. <laughs> <laughs> um, if someone came to your house and kidnapped your daughter and took her to sex trade and you couldn't find her ever. And then you found her after 25 years. What would you expect? Right? Uh, things have changed. I think mm-hmm. that is what Africans have forgot. The people that were taken from Africa as slaves were, were human trafficked. They use all these great words, these white words, these Western words. They were human trafficked now, which now is America's, they're hitting it heavy. They're anti-human trafficking, but that's what they did. So what happened was you went through depression and sadness. Your daughter was kidnapped. You can't find her. But your daughter is dealing with whatever the hell she's dealing with, in this case, in America. And part of it was sex. Part of it was work slavery beaten we know the things that, that they did and we also understand um most africans don't understand this every slave was not working in the field they were architects they were engineers they were doctors and they were also used for experiments for as guinea pigs for at hospitals they also had their feet cut off they also there was many terrible things that happened so what has happened is africans need to accept that fact and be angry about it. No different than you would be if your daughter was kidnapped today. And I believe that the marketing that the Africans do, the government, i talking about the government now, and the, and the PR agencies, the travel agencies, they're marketing. America, we're number one at marketing, brother. We can market some shit more than anybody in the world. You, will, you, you America thought that Egypt had white people until recently from the old movies, right? <laughs> you know, they really believe. There was white folks in the pyramids until recently. That's how strong Hollywood marketing was. So what happens is you never see Africans angry that someone stole my grandmother, my grandfather. You never hear it from that perspective. So there's no connection between black Americans and Africans. You also never hear African marketers. I've been trying to do a project in Ghana For years, and it's so hard to get projects and for marketing and development done there because they're terrible at marketing. You never see them market, come home, for example, why don't Africans I'm asking a real question here, marketing-wise, and I mean the government, okay, maybe even rich families, why don't they trace their lineage and see where were your family at? You feel me? Like, why don't you come and say Kareem, we, we we did the Ancestry.com from Africa, and we found that you're my cousin. <laughs> and you have a store here, a house here, a land, five goats. I don't give a damn what it is, anything. Claim your heritage. We found you. That's what would happen in America if someone died. But Africa doesn't, it seems that they don't, I mean, Africa, collectively. I mean, all the countries, right? The continent of Africa does not take that marketing in their head because you may not want to admit it, but Africans have been beaten down by Western civilization, white folks too. It's like they're scared. But when that click happens, because it's going to happen, there's going to be a click, right? Because now you guys are the celebrities and the rich folks. You, that's what you're doing to promote. That's not your money. They don't have the most money. Most money in America is the average black dude making $45,000 a year. His life sucks. He can't make ends meet. He can't find a good wife. That's who you need to market to because they could come to Africa with $45,000 a year and be millionaires. The rich folks have choices. You feel me? The celebrities have choices. These folks, if they got a phone call from the government of Africa, not some Nigerian scam now, you know what I mean, You the real call and said, we found that your family was from this country and we want to invite you. Don't say everybody come and do the, no, no, no. I mean, you know, this, we, got, we got technology now, right, brother? Right? You can literally reverse that ancestry.com the same as Americans find you. I mean, you as an African, right? And say that we're from this tribe and this place, and right? And I'll tell you why I know this. My godfather, I told you, is the one that did Roots. So if you guys are out there, watch The Roots. There's a, there's a novel first, Roots Saga. And then there's a movie. And then now there's a sitcom, whatever. That's my family. His name is The Haley's. David Haley's now a U.S. Senator. And he's on my show sometimes. Uh, from Kansas City as well. They're all from Kansas City. No, they've lost that. You don't. Africans need to do a movie about slavery. Because what's happened is that Africans aren't claiming their people. You, you're saying... Why don't Americans, this is like asking your daughter who was stolen, right? And put into slavery and sex trafficking to say, well, why didn't you call your father? Like how, what, who's my dad? I was stolen at eight, 12. And I'm literally, there's airplanes now, but there was no airplanes before besides, you know, going on ships and stuff. Right. So I think when Africa gets angry, name says what it is. Call it human trafficking, and you start aggressively spending money and finding your family. It will change the game.
1: Thank you so much for that. That that is really a a call to duty, Uh, and that is a duty that must be done. Uh, (laughs)
0: Yeah, you are going to find your babies. Go find your babies. Do you know what it would be? if a black american brother got a phone call remember most blacks we're we're the largest we're the wealthiest minority on earth black americans we only compete with like china and america and and some other ones i got there's a list that we have in our shows we use it a lot but we're talking about business and marketing and economy but they're poor in america brother they're poor just that American dollar goes so far and they make a lot of money, but they don't own anything. They can't fathom the concept of you being in Africa, living in a hut, which is not the case, but we just say what they think because they've never seen, right? And you, but you own that hut, though. You own that dirt. You own that cow, that, 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 those goats. You, you know what I mean? They've never – you've been married for your whole life. You don't have a divorce. They've never seen that because they were stolen, right? I think Africa needs to take their people back, not ask them to come back. It's a different marketing, you feel me? I think the marketing is like, no, we know who you are the same as, I don't know how it works, I've not done it, but I know that my family did it when they were doing Roots, there was no computers. That's why they flew to Africa to do the movie and to trace the the lineage, right? He had to go through the Africa, go through the paperwork, you know how it works now, right? And find what his roots were. And that's where Kuta Kente came from. That's where he knew what tribe he came from, That, like that. And there's now blood tests and DNA tests. I'm like, why don't Africans do that? Especially rich Africans, because they're the ones that could change the game. Because what if, you're, what if your ancestors are a senator in America? What if... I mean, Barack Obama went back. He knows who his family is. What if his family had called him? You feel me? That would have changed the the marketing paradigm. Like, I don't even know what I would feel like. I don't even know what the average black American would do if he got an official letter that he owns five feet of land in Africa. Because his grandma died, and they found this. Because that's what would happen in America. That's just to answer your question. I'm sorry I get it all in your face, but Th- thank you for that. Now I'm but, I'm
1: thinking, I am yeah. thinking that maybe we need to do the marketing, like you're like you're saying. You no, know? okay, you are a marketing guy, and I like the way that you look at it. You no, know, that we're going to reverse the conversation. That we're not going to take. Uh, we're not going to give all the responsibility to the child that was stolen and probably abused, and has lost his identity, and we're not telling the child, hey, go find uh, where you are coming from. It might be a little bit harder uh, sometime. But there is a kick to this, in that yeah. you, as an African diaspora, you are going to understand that the Africans that were left at home suffer so exactly the same situation like you. So he is not free either. You see, I to uh, say here that after the entangle between Europe and Africa, this is what happened. The Europeans having succeeded in destroying the identity of the African people, they became the mouthpiece of both the African people and the people that were enslaved, or let me use your term, trafficked out of Africa. So that even the Africans that were left at home are not free either today, 2023, the kind of freedom that we talk about in Africa are not really there. We still have a lot of manipulation, highly class manipulation of African reality. Because The only person who can say, hey, I am going to find my peace that is missing is the one who is free to do that. But of course, that also is relative in that sometimes we are going to take the responsibility of, first of all, finding ourselves. Who are we now? We are going to pay a price and we are going to be ready to do that. Otherwise, we can never get out of of this trouble that we find ourselves
0: all africans in africa especially are much more free than any americans are they have no idea um i'm blessed brother and you know a lot of americans you were blessed to be in i think you said you were in italy um i i I, know we're blessed we're blessed um you black american you've probably been to america you know people that are in america no they're not no 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 they're I, i know what you mean though But you got to understand, they didn't do it to themselves. That's the power that Africans hold in their heart. It's fucked up, but it's mine. There, we just fucked up, I don't own nothing. (laughs) You know, I I I don't own a car, my car is leased, my house is on, if I don't pay the taxes or the payment or the rent, it's gone, I'm homeless tomorrow. Most homeless people, despite us being the wealthiest country in the world, most homeless people are black, veterans, disabled, and many are white, right? And they have, many have mental health issues. Many people that are in America that are poor are working class poor. Um, 50% or more, I think, high school dropout rate, even though they all can go to high school in America. So they have it better, but they, they're not free. They, they, what is happening in America right now to Black people is Black people are realizing an African in a hut and a dirt and a cow and a monkey in the back or whatever the hell they think it is is more free and wealthier than most black Americans are. That's what they're cl- That's the click that Africa's missing. They're missing that most African and black Americans, to the Pacific, black Americans um, in America make less than $45,000 a year. A lot make $10,000, $20,000. Most don't own homes. Most don't have college degrees. And mind you, they're okay. And that used to be okay. But the thing is that Africa needs to realize, no, they're not the same. Most Africans are wealthier than a black American. They just look better. They look different, but it's all rented. They don't own any of it. I've got friends that are African, simple as hell. They've got a simple, you know, chicken, fish fry, little food cart on the side of the road. You know those guys, right? (laughs) But they've had it for three generations though. Three generations, great grandma left this little fish cart, you know, you know, little fried fish food cart, right? That doesn't happen. And black Africans need to realize when they're talking to Americans, we have the same oppressor, but they're the kids. You're the parent who is depressed and the kid was stolen in traffic. But these are the kids that you don't even know what they went through. You don't even know. And mind you, they've never had therapy. They've never had mental health. They've never had consulting. They don't know who their great parents are. People don't think about the back in the back of their mind. How would you feel if you didn't know? If you had amnesia tomorrow and you only could remember your mama, how would you feel? Like, I don't know, you know, like, and that's where Africans need to realize your people were stolen, they were trafficked. You need to be angry about that. And don't make it about money and they did this, whites did Forget all that. Address the needs of your children. And if you came to Black Americans with humility and empathy, like you would probably talk to your daughter at the police station when they told you we found your daughter, the emotion that would happen to you when you went to the police station and you see this girl whether she's beautiful, whether she's skinny, whether she's an addict, whether she made it and she's a businesswoman, but that emotion is what you're seeing when Black Americans go back to Africa. That's the flutter there. They don't know what it is, but they know there's something here. Because I'm going to tell you this, and let me give some numbers to it. If tomorrow Africa could have four to eight trillion dollars every single year from Black American diaspora, that's how much money they spend in America every single year. That's how they need to think about it. This is about money. You don't need China. You need Black Americans. You need niggas. <laughs> now, that, you know what I'm saying? I mean, specifically the niggas in America. I say that word because Black folks know what I'm saying. There's a difference between an African and a nigga. And niggas know it. But if you came to Blacks like, why are you struggling in America when you could own this? You know, when you, if you, if you came to them and were like, and, and I don't know how you would do it. I'm really curious if, about to find companies and to try it, but why don't you reverse engineer the Ancestry.com company? And now the government of a country, because we know where most of the slaves are from, Nigeria, Ghana, Uganda, right? We know where they all kind of came from. Those countries need to claim their people and specifically have names. That would change the game because that's what white folks do, right? So they do. They, 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 you owe me this. This is mine. I did this. This is my equity. I, I you, you like that's how they do it. I'm a victim. But Africa, as you were saying, has also, Africans have not fixed their trauma. They think maybe they don't have rights to the ownership. You feel me? Maybe they think they don't have rights. Maybe they think that the black person will, you know, in America, you know, black Americans are getting ready to get reparations. This is going to happen. So I think that They need to come and black America the same way they they come at reparations. To say, no, that is my son, my nephew, my child, my whatever the hell it is. Or my grandson. This is my whatever. I'm looking for him. You feel me? I don't know how that would look like, but I know that as a black American, when I go to Ancestry.com or I get the blood test, you feel me? It tells me part of my blood is from Kenya or something, right? This is the tribe. They, they know all that shit. You feel me? So why can't they reverse, you feel me, reverse engineering to where Africa starts doing the same exact thing and claiming their own people? Even if it's only marketing. Even if it's just marketing. <laughs> it, may not, it may just be a marketing ploy. But they do it to, to put a face on the trafficking. You feel me? That's how whites do it. They put a face on African poverty. Don't just say Africans are poor. They show you the poorest kids that I've never even seen in my life. They find them somewhere with flies on their eyes. You know how they do, right? They thought, how did you even find them? You know You know what I'm saying? But they find those 15, 20, you know, villages, right? And they show it like it's, and they don't say this village in this country at this time. They've been running that that, that church slavery post white savior commercial for 40 years <laughs> with the same kids with the flies on the i you don't know about right they, they've been doing that so why don't africa do the same thing you know i wish that some african would say you know um um uh, what, what's the popular um what's his name what's the popular comedian what's his name um I wish, I don't know what I'm thinking of black per- I wish, for example, I wish some African would say, we did this, that, and the other, and Oprah is our great, great grandmother. <laughs> you know, like they would do in America, and they got a blood test. They got, because you don't want any money. You want your grandmother back, or your sister, or whatever she would have been. That's how I think that we should flip it around.
1: All right. Thank you so much for that. Now... <laughs> Uh, what do you say make a lot of sense, no? How do we, the ordinary people, make the click so that we can start shifting the thing? I'm not talking of the position of leadership, now, because that is where the thing actually is taking place. Because if the United States president is coming to Nigeria, you are not only coming to meet the ordinary people, no? You are coming to meet these few elite that are going to. you are going to see that together Take a decision, then you sign a bill. Does that beam become almost a law for the other people, for the rest, for the majority of the people in the country, you know? So we don't we are not going to get salvation maybe from those from that line, but from among the ordinary people, because now we have it and then we can connect with us and we can talk, we can sort of start building up a momentum that, can, that can make an effort later on. How can we look at that? I'm not looking at how the government is going to make, uh, set the, this agenda now because they don't have their interest. But for, for the point of view of ordinary people, can we do something? Can we set this agenda of connecting among ourselves?
0: Well, I think we're doing it right now, brother. We're, we're, we're t- you're, you're in Italy. I'm, I'm in Asia. We're both black. You're African. I'm black American, African American. This is it. Nowadays, with technology, the ordinary people can communicate. We can do like this. Anybody can see it. We don't need the government. Why do you think I left America? Why would I leave America if it was so wonderful? It ain't that wonderful. The only reason Africans go to America, they do very well have all that and yeah because they're making money Americans are are slowly realizing that's great that's that's the beginning of the marketing mentioned in the very the very first half of this 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 interview that all you need is the diaspora the money that they make and just like what you said about reg, you're not marketing to the regular black folks you're marketing to the celebrities the rich folks that's the problem They need to market to the regular struggling black person and say the same thing. Here you could have a house, you could have a car, you could do this, you could do that. And you may not want some of these folks in the country. That becomes the issue too. Because if America just shipped all the, the, the millions of people they have in prison to Africa, we don't want that either. But I'll tell you something else. I think that most Americans, when they go to Africa or Asia or somewhere like that, they're not as aggressive as they are in America. They're not as uptight, they're not as rude, they're not as as, 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 as defensive as they are. They can relax, they can enjoy themselves. You know, they're like, you got, they can become tame. But the regular African needs to do just like you're doing and communicate with more black Americans about the situation. I only just think that the perspective needs to be I want my family back. They were stolen from me. They were trafficked from me. It needs to be, we're sorry. We can't believe this happened. We didn't know this was happening. It needs to be an apology that black Americans can't deny. It needs to be like, no, not tourism. It needs to be trafficking. You know, it needs to be, you're reunited with your family. The same as the marketing. If you look at the marketing they did for Barack Obama, when he came to visit his brother, remember that? That marketing, you need a thousand of those. You don't just need Black Americans going to the motherland. You need Black Americans going to the motherland, finding their cousins. That's powerful. But what happens is, and this is I'm not saying this directly, Africans are not claiming their Black American trafficked diaspora family. You feel me? They're not claiming them. So Americans are going there just for the motherland experience and the, and the natural hair and, and being all that stuff, which is, that's tourism. White person can do the same damn thing. But you don't see them getting off the plane. And there's 35 Africans right there at the plane that they've done blood tests, they've done background checks, they've done. And I think that it, the first African country campaign and to put money in an thing will be the first country that has real African-Americans, black Americans going back home and dumping money and realizing, oh, wow. Because I'm going to tell you this, brother, America's getting ready to go through some serious stuff. We got bricks. We got the great resignation. We got the outsourcing phenomenon. We have the mental health issue and the millennial generation. They're not dealing with any of that shit. They're already getting their passports. They're already looking. So the next generation, like I'm 51, so my generation down, that's the African opportunity. Because they're looking for alternatives to living in the States. They can't afford it. Rent's $2,000 a month. You know, how are they going to afford it? And Africans do well in America because they go to America to work. Americans are tired of working their life. They want to enjoy. So they can't. So I think that you need to claim your people. That that if you, I'm saying we're doing it now, we're talking about it. This is this is the beginning. But when you say, even you as an African, do you know where your family was taken to? Do you know where who was kidnapped? Do, do you have a who how do you what how is it that white people can find ancestry.com and find my tribe from my blood. And some paperwork, do a whole investigation and find, and then reunite me with my Africans, right? Go back to the plantation I was at, or my family was, and then Africans can't do it. Well, I think I think that that, 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 that really
1: uh, 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 falls on us as a people. Is that we are going to have to do the work. Uh, now I, I go back again, perhaps. If the governments Mm -hmm. in Africa were in line with it, the job would be much, much easier for us because it requires investment, it requires digging, it requires a lot of research. But Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. we can see, like I already said, I will repeat it again, most of the government in Africa are just employed to the metropole. So the metropole, by metropole, I'm referring to the European power that are interested in exploiting African human and natural resources they are not interested in anything
0: at all. What does it take for the regular African to wonder what happened to their family? That's what I'm saying. Forget the government. The government of America is fucked up too. The government of America is, is corrupt too. The government, they're, they're, but they're, they, they j- remember we just had a black president. He was only half black. Well, he was black because he was African and white. So he's, he's blacker than most black folks in America actually probably. But my point is we just got one, right? So. It's it's all messed up. But what's happening is the regular African, why aren't they asking about what happened to my, my kids, my uncle, my aunt? Why aren't they asking? Once they start asking, because, you know, politics means people. Poly is people. The, the politicians, as you said, they're just employees. So if the people start realizing or figuring out, I don't know if it's expensive, I don't know what it is, But if if the people, I mean you, and the people on the ground, the regular folks, started asking the question, tracing their own roots, and finding out five of my uncles were kidnapped, trafficked to America 450 years ago. If they start asking those questions, it changes the game, and the politicians have to follow. And the politicians will follow because forget the money America has. Forget the money black Americans make. Black Americans make that money because of their skills. So, if you had the NBA basketball players playing for Africa, they could own their own damn teams. If you, like you mentioned, if you had the, the, the rich, rich black folks that got all these millionaire mansions and all these places in America, they could own a whole damn village in Africa for the same price as that house, probably. So, eventually, once they figure it out, but what happens is you're not asking them. And Black Americans are trained for that, brother. Remember, Blacks, I mean, whites said, Blacks can now drink from this fountain. Blacks can now rent here. Blacks can now eat here. Blacks can now travel here. They got permission. They may have fought for it and equal rights and Martin Luther King and the history, but in the day, they got permission. And even now when white companies market, they have to technically ask or tell black people you're allowed. They do it in marketing by showing black people drink Coca-Cola. Black folks living in this building, black folks eating McDonald's. They show it in the marketing. But you have, I don't see African marketing with black Americans with condos, black Americans driving around, black Americans with, farm, you see it on YouTube. But I don't see it in travel posters. I don't see it in tourism posters. And I don't see black Africans in Africa asking about their family that i think is the disconnect i don't see them doing that and when they start clicking like that it's going to change the dynamic yeah yeah because yeah. then
1: yeah, yeah. I, I want to go back to what you were saying before because it makes a lot of sense no In that we're going to have to trace this route so i will just make a mention of that yeah, because we're talking of investment, if we have had somebody that put a lot of money there, it will be fine. But okay, we know that that is not going to work now. It's not. It's not working because there is no basis for that. So we need the ordinary people who should be interested in this work. Because look at, for example, okay, that again would, would require uh, an investment. Because I've tried to look at Google uh, when Larry Page and Sergey Bray, they decided that they they wanted this project. They wanted to do this project, but. Not the money I'm looking at now, but the idea that they wanted to pull the information of the world together that it can be accessible to the people. But of course, everybody's using Google today. I understand that billions of dollars have been invested in it and it's money. But I'm trying to think, why not we as a people, ordinary people, have projects like that too where we are interested in keeping record of everything that has happened to us or about us? Can ordinary people do things like that so that maybe we don't need to rely on ancestry or we can have a different copy of the ancestry or we got can recreate ancestry, but this time we do it differently.
0: What? Yes, yes, brother. I think, oh my God. Oh my God. That's my whole point. You don't, what do you, what do you care what they're doing? You got enough regular people that make money in Africa. You got enough regular people. The problem is you've got to claim these people. And I'm not saying it in a sense that American blacks, remember, do you know how hard it is for the average black American to get a passport? It's just as hard as an African. Most American blacks, you know, we we have, I think 25% of the black American population are felons or in prison. 25%. That means they can't get a passport. You own the plantation forever. You can never leave. Plus, if you have child support, You know, you can't get a passport and leave the country unless you're current, of course, you know. But so there's a lot of issues that deal with that. So what happens is no one you you guys have got to claim and market because you've got to market. And I'm going to tell you, let me give a a compliment to Africa. There are more people homeless in America than any country in Africa, I'm sure. You still hear about it. There's more divorce. There's more murder. There's more suicide. There's more mass shootings. I don't mean by military. I don't mean by coup. I mean by regular ass people. Every single week there's a mass shooting in America, but you don't really hear about that. The problem with Africa, again, is you always talk about the problems. You are the most powerful, beautiful, resourceful. Just focus on that make americans want to go home show more of that stop getting on the news you're saying the government their workers every government american politicians are much more an employee than any of the african where they learning it from <laughs> you're just doing what, what the americans do what the europeans do you're still wearing the white wigs and everything you said so I think that the problem is Africa needs to swallow that that reality pill and just start marketing waterfalls and shit. Thank you for that. <laughs> start I love that, start marketing pure water and, and and clean air and and apartments for three hundred dollars a month and two hundred dollars a month and start marketing jobs and and start hiring black marketing firms in America. Start hiring black advertising firms and consultants, because now it will change the game. But I love Afrobeats is killing it right now. Um, the, the movies are killing it right now. You've got African cartoons and comic books on Netflix right now. Focus on that. The beauty, the fashion, people are seeing it. I wanted to speak a little bit about um, how to reinforce
1: entrepreneurship among uh, African and African diaspora. So of course, so we can own more things, because I think that is where the the argument turns on at the end of the day. But if you have more resources, then you'll be able to do what you do. I think everything actually that we have talked about today actually link to that. Okay,
0: first of all, there's more entrepreneurs in Africa than there are in America. Be proud of that. There's definitely more black entrepreneurs in Africa than there are in America. I think the average shop that has an entrepreneur in Africa that has a a small business, medium sized business, you make more than most American Blacks do. So be proud of that. Entrepreneurship is the way to freedom. And now with technology, you can have clients all over the world. I'm here in Manila talking to Italy about Africa. I couldn't do that 15 years ago. I couldn't do it five years ago. There was no Zoom, Was that, maybe five years, Tops, 10 years it was popular, available to the mass markets. I think that entrepreneurship is also the way that you get to the diaspora because they're going to start realizing why am I struggling working at this stupid-ass, white-ass salon when I could have my own salon in Africa? Why am I flipping hamburgers at Denny's over the midnight shift and can't pay my bills when I could own my own restaurant in Africa? You feel me? Those are the conversations. I believe that Africans need to get into international, I think companies that, that grab Black Americans and pull them home, where there's travel, tourism, business, outsourcing, things like that, that's going to be the next boom for them. They need to be the ones, the entrepreneurs. I don't care if you've got one employee or 15,000 employees. The entrepreneurs are the ones. You need to be telling Black folks, buy from me send this to me and really attacking them because entrepreneurship the reason i can go anywhere in the world and i've been everywhere in the world i've been i've been an entrepreneur since i was in high school i can go anywhere in the world and make money i can go in and now with technology i can go anywhere in the world and make money from anywhere in the world (laughs) and that's the benefit and i think that they need to, actually, I, I try to do as many radio shows and coaching seminars as I can to promote and help Africans. I believe there's things that Black Americans know about business and marketing and sales and, and innovation that maybe we ain't crap back home in America and there's racism, but we could sure help a lot of Africans. So I think that they need to really just understand they are doing phenomenal. And there are more of them doing business and trying to do business that many black, blacks make a lot of money working. Only 1% of Americans have business at all. That's it. Whereas I think 30 or 40% of Africans probably have a little sideline, a little business, a little something, something. No, and no, 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 not no, I, a, a lot of the
1: population because you know in Africa, the government is not the one to employ the people. The people that employ themselves. So in this sense, you are absolutely right. Exactly. But
0: Americans, that's a dream. They wish they could have a little stand making their their food or something, but you can't do that in America. There's too many regulation, it's too expensive, and there's racism. You can't even sell lemonade in America without getting put in jail on the street. So I think that they need to be proud and understand this is the bridging the gap, is business. Because if black Americans want, they're not gonna go to Africa and get a job. They're gonna retire or they'll open a business.
1: All right, we we'll, we'll actually come back to this conversation because it's it's really interesting and, and you can see that it's, it's getting me emotional a lot because I, I love it. I, I love the connection. There is a session in our, in our project that we call the Diaspora Connection. So we're looking for a way to be able to connect ourselves better. All right, in one minute, uh, Karen, what would be your final thought here to conclude? And how can people reach out to you? You have uh, about maximum two minutes to do this. Please go ahead.
0: You guys, Kareem Jackson, um it's live on the sets, my show. You can Google me. KareemAntonio.com is my website. The Philippines Magazine, we all also produce that. Um, you can email the studio at um, KareemAntonio.com. Kareem at KareemAntonio.com. Um, Kareem Jackson on TikTok, you guys. Um, I'm all over the place. I really am just trying to really promote freedom and help people to do great in entrepreneurship, to get free. I'm really doing a push for black wellness. A lot of black folks in America, you guys, they are dealing with demons you have no idea. No idea. Black Americans are the top suicide rate, along with the white folks. Africans ain't killing themselves. Asians ain't killing themselves. It's black folks and white folks. And the racism thing that's happening in America right now, that is your, that's your your—that's your in Africa. Claim it. So if you got to connect with me, of course, you can get me on LinkedIn, too, of course. Kareem Jackson on LinkedIn, like I got with you. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm everywhere. And of course, you can contact you and get with me that way. So I appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for that. I appreciate the conversation. Definitely, we are coming back to this for on another occasion. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate a review overhead podcast, and share with your friends who might need it. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you in the next episode.